Hello and welcome. I'm Dr. Kenitra Bryant, and today's motivational aim targets faith and fortitude. Over the past couple of days, I've had the opportunity to expound on a Bible plan I wrote some years ago entitled, Determined to Follow Jesus. I'm breaking down this Bible plan to pinpoint some key targets as it relates to one purposefully and intentionally making the decision to live a life determined where Jesus is the ultimate key target to consistently follow. A few key targets that I've already addressed when one is making the decision to live a life determined in following Jesus is establishing a relationship with him. And in that relationship, what is required is action, fortitude, sacrifice, and commitment. And another key target is trusting Jesus while you're following him, even when things don't make sense. Now, if you haven't listened to those podcasts, I encourage you to go back and listen to them. But today I want to address the need to have faith and fortitude when one is seeking to live a determined life in following Jesus Christ. So fortitude is defined as one displaying and or having strength of mind that enables a person to encounter danger or bear pain or adversity with courage. So as I said a few days ago, that can be exemplified by pressing forward and trusting God during some of the most trying times of somebody's life. For example, one bears pain or adversity and displays courage after they possibly experience a job loss And that job loss could be the individual person going through it or their family member, their spouse, or their loved one. Fortitude is also expressed when one has to press forward after experiencing a painful, unexpected loss, whether it is in a relationship, an opportunity, a battle, or an unfavorable desired outcome. And fortitude is relentlessly trailing through mocking, insults, disrespect, and or the betrayal or treacherous actions of others because of the choices somebody's made to live a life pleasing to God. So following Jesus requires fortitude because adversities will come, temptations will come, heartbreaks will come, uncertainties will creep up on you, and distractions, they are all around. But one must be so determined to follow Jesus that their fortitude in Jesus and God's word, no matter what's going on, is unwavering. And another key target one should have is faith. Faith is determined as having complete trust or confidence in someone or something. As it relates to Jesus, we should have faith and complete trust in God's word and have faith that God will do what he said he would do even though we see things that we don't understand, things don't make sense, and we are unsure of the outcomes associated with living a determined life when we follow Jesus Christ. Faith requires us to be so sure that God has said something, he will do it, and we know, well, if God said it, it's going to get done because we know too much about him, and there's nothing or nobody who can make us doubt him because God comes all the way through for us in every area and aspect of our lives. Now, I know I just stated these 
two key targets, beneficial targets, life-changing targets that we want to aim to follow as we live a life determined to follow Jesus Christ. But when trials and situations come, it can be kind of hard, especially when you feel like you want to give up. But that's why it's important to have a established relationship with Christ. We have to continuously meditate on God's word. We have to continuously pray, asking God for wisdom, discernment, revelation, and knowledge, and just continue to just read his word day in and day out so he can speak to us, so we can know, okay, well, if he said this, and he hasn't failed me before, and I know sometimes I probably fall in and it looks like things aren't working out, but God's word says plain as day in Proverbs, the 24th chapter and the 16th verse, for though the righteous fall seven times, they rise again, and I always keep rising after I encounter adversities and challenges. Well, I, I can maintain faith and fortitude because God always picks me up. God always reroutes me. God always redirects me, and God always guides me. And faith and fortitude not only require a lot from the individual person choosing to follow Jesus, like you and me, but faith and fortitude is required when we are following Jesus. And then we introduce others to Jesus because we know that the person who was in need, if we can just get them to Jesus, we know that their lives will change for the better. And in order to be an example to others and serve as an influence to others, it requires faith and fortitude because it's not always going to be easy to get somebody to change their lives for the better, especially when they don't know what they're missing and how Jesus is the answer to the majority of all their issues. So there are many people who fall out of fellowship and relationship with other people because of disagreements and misunderstandings. And then there are some relationships people have where they encounter issues because they can't get people to understand things from their point of view. But I respectfully say we shouldn't get caught up trying to make people see things from our vantage point. Our aim should be to consider displaying the faith and fortitude in following Jesus where we can be in a position to lead them to Jesus from where we are. So even when the trials and the challenges come, we should purposefully aim to display the faith and fortitude to lead someone to Jesus, no matter the obstacles we face, because we know once we aim to get that individual in the presence of Jesus Christ, we know that that person's life will change. In scripture, we read about the determination some individuals displayed in order to get someone to Jesus. So I'm going to read Luke, the 15th chapter, and the 17th through the 25th verse. On one of those days, while he was teaching, Pharisees and teachers of the law were sitting there who had come from every village of Galilee and Judea, and also from Jerusalem. And the Lord's power to heal was in him. Just then some men came, carrying on a stretcher a man who was paralyzed. They tried to bring him in and set him down before him. 
Since they could not find a way to bring him in because of the crowd, they went up on the roof and lowered him on the stretcher to the roof tiles and to the middle of the crowd before Jesus. Seeing their faith, he said, Friend, your sins are forgiven. Then the scribes and the Pharisees began to think to themselves, Who is this man who speaks blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? But perceiving their thoughts, Jesus replied to them, Why are you thinking this in your hearts? Which is easier to say, Your sins are forgiven, or to say, Get up and walk? But so that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins, he told the paralyzed man, I tell you, get up, take your stretcher, and go home. Immediately, he got up before them, picked up what he had been lying on, and went home glorifying God. Then everyone was astounded, and they were giving glory to God, and they were filled with awe and said, We have seen incredible things today. So you heard the scripture, and you can visually imagine what took place. You have four men who were determined to follow Jesus, and they were determined to follow Jesus for the paralyzed person. So now these men saw the crowd. It was so serious that they couldn't just walk to the door. And I can imagine, even though scripture does not say this, but you know how people are. I know how people are. If something is going on and it's capturing the attention of people and they want to be involved, if you try to cut them or go around them and they feel like they've been there for a while, they don't want you to bypass them. They don't care what you have going on. Some people are set on where they are and they'll let you know, hey, I'm not moving. For example, if anybody has to go to Walmart or let's say the post office, but I'm going to use this Walmart example. Let's say you're at Walmart. And it's right after Christmas. So you know how people are possibly returning gifts that they probably received or they have to go back and get a bigger size. Something was probably expired. Whatever it was. But if anybody's been at Walmart during those high impact times, you know how long that line at Walmart can be. And you know that, okay, let me just go ahead and get in this line because it's going to be like this for the rest of this week. So let me just go ahead and just do this. So you get in line. And sometimes you could be in a Walmart line for like 20 minutes. And you just got off of work. You're tired. People getting on your nerve. You're trying to smile and have a good attitude, but you're ready to go home. And let's say you've been in line, like I said, for 20 minutes and then somebody acts like they can't see and they try to ease in to cut you they act like they're talking to somebody or they acting like they're lost and they're just trying to get in between a gap where they think somebody's slipping or somebody's not paying attention and they just try to just ease on in because they don't want to stand in line because you almost you towards the front if they get in front of you they only have to wait five minutes depending on how these workers are doing their task so if something like that's going on and you know how long you had to wait in that line what are you gonna do <laughs> are you gonna sit there and just let them ease in and you tired you already had a rough day Mm-mm. and you're not even gonna care if they are walking around with a cane if they are limping 
if they have a scooter, one of them little motorized scooters, you're not going to care how old they are. You probably won't care how young they are. If they try to ease in, in that long line, and you already have stuff to do, and you already have your mind set and made up, some people, not all, but some people might tell them, you need to get to the back. Just imagine somebody just trying to just ease in and cut with the little motorized scooter. Yeah, uh, ma'am, the line is at the back. Well, I just didn't know. Now you do. The line is at the back. Well, you know, I just, you know, my leg hurt. Okay, that's fine. The line is in the back. Well, you know, I got some stuff. Okay, the line is in the back. You're not worried about all that, what they have going on. You don't care. Some people don't care. And depending on how I feel some days, I don't care. I'm not trying to hear about your leg, how tired you are, what you have to do. And you trying to ease in and cut, get to the back. No. Well, God, when you know they get upset, well, God bless you. God bless you, too. God bless you, too. But the line is at the back, ma'am. I mean, now, I'm just talking about a Walmart example. And don't misunderstand what I'm saying. I'm not disrespecting anybody who rides around in scooters or who walks with a cane or if somebody's leg hurts and they're limping and they have an impediment, I'm not talking about you or them like that. I'm giving an example of how some people's minds are already made up when they go into a building and they've been waiting for a significant amount of time to get something done. They don't care about the distractions and they don't care about what other people have going on. You see this type of thing happen in line whether you're at Walmart the DPS, the Social Security office, or the post office, anywhere where long lines are present and you can't get out of that line and just get right back in to get your spot and you know it's just been a long time, you're not worried about what nobody has going on. And what I'm saying is, as I said previously, nobody cares about anybody else's issues when they're focused on their own issues and what they need to do. So that's why I can see why these four men in Scripture, how they were determined to bring this paralyzed man to Jesus, even though it doesn't say they had to do some things and encounter some people who probably looked at them crazy. I believe that some people looked at them. They saw them carrying a man on a uh, stretcher, but they didn't care. They looked like, okay, <laughs> I'm trying to get my miracle. Okay, as if Jesus is running out of miracles or something, but that's how some people are. And these men encountered, well, man, I mean, we can't even get through the door. They see us carrying this man, and they acting like they can't move. So we got to go take another course of action. We have to display faith and fortitude to do something totally different, not only for ourselves, but for this man. And we don't know how long they encountered all of this, dealing with people trying to get in. But we know they had fortitude because imagine, they carried a paralyzed man on a stretcher on a roof. That took coordination. I don't think it was a smooth ride, even though it doesn't say it in scripture, but I don't think that was smooth. We don't know how many times that they probably had to try to catch this man because he was sliding or, man, get him, you about to fall, get, get, get him. 
get his leg. Hey, p- pick it up. We don't know what was going on. But we do know they displayed fortitude in that. That's how determined they were. And they had faith that Jesus would do a miracle in this man's life. And no doubt they were blessed also. And another thing, whose house were they at? Because they went to the roof of somebody's house and made a hole in the roof. It wasn't a peephole. It had to be a significantly large, noticeable hole for somebody to lower a paralyzed man on a stretcher. That takes faith, fortitude, and determination. That's how determined they were to follow Jesus. They weren't knocking doors down. They were knocking roofs off, okay? They lowered the man in front of Jesus. So they just bypassed all of that, them crazy lines, those crazy looks, all of that. They just went, you know what, we're going to the roof. We're going to the top. We're about to put a hole in the roof, and we're going to lower this man down in front of Jesus, front row. And sometimes we are like that, or we should be like that. We ought to get so fed up with traditions and people looking at us crazy because we're carrying these issues. We ought to be so tired of carrying that stuff and dealing with stuff that's holding us down. Will we just say, you know what, no, let me go ahead and take this straight to Jesus. I'm not following no tradition. I'm not following somebody's little procedures. No, I'm taking this issue directly to God. We ought to purposefully take things to God Take things to Jesus that are paralyzing us, that are burdening us, that we've been carrying by ourselves, and we've been putting on the backs of others for a very long time, and it seems like there's no change in it. We ought to be so desperate and tired of trying to be in line for the next thing that we just, you know what, I'm going to the top, I'm going to God, I'm ripping all this stuff up, I'm ripping up tradition, I'm ripping up the trash that hinders me. I'm ripping up these obstacles that are in my way. And I'm just going to lower these issues right in front of Jesus. And I don't care what people have to say. I don't care how people look at me. Because once I get it to Jesus, I know Jesus will change the situation. And he won't only change it for me. He will change it for everybody who's been in my sphere of influence, who I impact, who I influence, and who've been around to see what's been going on. But we don't get to that point. Unless we are living a life determined to follow Jesus where faith and fortitude are key targets. Also, we must have the right people in our lives who are willing to carry us to Jesus and walk with us as we get to Jesus, as we carry the issues that appear stagnant and permanent in our lives. See, Jesus saw the faith of those men and he saw their fortitude. And Jesus saw how they did all of what they did because they trusted in what Jesus could do and they trusted in Jesus' ability, his power, and his authority. Jesus saw what they went through. Jesus observed what was going on. He saw how they encountered obstacle after obstacle and they not only sought him out for themselves, but they sought him out for the betterment of someone else. So Jesus saw their faith and fortitude and Jesus came through and physically and spiritually restored and healed the paralyzed man. And you know what? This is a lesson for me and you. 
I mean, are you determined to follow Jesus through your obstacles? Do you go through an obstacle and then you feel like, man, I tried to get to Jesus and I'm trying to follow him, but it's not working out, so I give up. Well, somebody looking at me crazy while I'm trying to follow Jesus, so I'm just going to turn around. I mean, this interest is blocked, so, you know, I can't go follow Jesus, so I give up. I'm, I'm, I'm through. I'm done. Mm-mm, that's not the way to go. You got to keep going. You know how people want certain things of life, in life, and you see their determination. It could be the wrong thing they're going after. They could be doing things they have no business, but they are just fixated on accomplishing or obtaining that thing or that person. And it could be wrong, but they just so fixated on it. God is nowhere in that, but they want it that bad. What do those people do? What do some people do when they want stuff that they have no business acquiring? You see people go through extraordinary lengths to get things. I'm talking about they have a plan, they're consistent, they're determined. If somebody tries to talk them out of it to get on the right path, no. They have fortitude to get it done. Now, they lack wisdom and they lack discernment. But if they want what they want bad enough, they are going to have a plan and they're so determined to follow that thing and see it through. And they will accomplish that goal, even though God is not in it. They will, they will go, seems like, to the ends of the earth to get that thing done. But then when it's time to believe God for something, they, oh, it's too hard. I'm not doing that. No. Now you put your faith, not you, but some people put their faith in the very thing God is not in. And they go see that through, opposed to putting their faith in God who can be trusted and who can do exceedingly abundantly above more than what they could ever ask, think, or imagine. But they just neglect that because that takes too much work. It's no, it doesn't mean it takes too much work. It's because you don't get to see the full plan. You're supposed to trust him that he's going to work everything out for your good. But since you can't see it and things not moving fast enough, and I don't know if I want that, I want this. People do that. Some people do that with their goals. If they want to achieve a goal, whether it's a God-honoring goal or it's a selfish goal, people will do what they need to do to make sure that things succeed. And what I'm saying is we ought to be so determined to follow Jesus, we'll use that same energy in trusting him. That's how it should be. So that's why I ask. What issues are you determined to carry to Jesus? And who are you determined to carry to Jesus? Who are you fixated on trying to bring them to Jesus? Are you willing to continuously display faith and fortitude as you follow Jesus, even in the uncertainties of life? Who are you determined to bring to Jesus? It could be somebody or it could be yourself. How determined are you to follow Jesus when hindrances appear 
entrances seem blocked and others gather in pursuit of their breakthrough around you. And they don't care about what you have going on. Where are you willing to go to follow Jesus? What sacrifices will you make to follow Jesus? What relationships are you willing to let go to follow Jesus? What relationships are you willing to pursue and hold on to as you follow Jesus? Take a moment to ponder on those questions and faithfully answer them and ask God to direct you to do what he's called you to do as you live a determined life in Christ. And although challenging times in our lives will appear, it is important to aim to display faith and fortitude in God's word no matter what is going on in or around us. Remember, God honoring determination brings forth actions that produce fruit-filled, manifested results benefiting one individually and with those whom they are in association with. Faith and fortitude are necessary to your walk and my walk as we follow and we're determined to follow Jesus. Okay, in a scripture, I want to leave you with this Philippians, the second chapter and the fourth verse, which reads, Let each of you look not only to his own interest, but also to the interest of others. I chose the scripture as a reaffirming target of encouragement for you because at times you can feel that you are exhibiting faith and fortitude for others, but it appears that your efforts go unnoticed. Don't believe that lie. God sees and notices everything you do, especially when you are sowing seeds of faith and fortitude to help someone and bring them to Jesus. God sees that, and God promised in Proverbs, the 19th chapter and the 17th verse, that whoever is generous to the poor lends to the Lord, and the Lord will repay him for his deed. So that doesn't necessarily mean pouring finances exclusively, but it can be pouring self-esteem. Somebody can be pouring self-esteem. Somebody can be pouring health. Somebody can be pouring confidence. Somebody could be pouring helping their own self. Somebody could be poor in their thinking. Somebody could be poor in their relationships. Somebody can be poor in comfort. So if you are helping and lending to the poor by helping somebody, encouraging somebody, being a friend to somebody, loving someone, assisting someone, God sees what you're doing. So I encourage you to live a life of God-honoring integrity Live a life of God-honoring faith and fortitude as you continuously aim to live a life determined to follow Jesus because you will be victorious either way. Because when you follow Jesus and you exhibit faith and fortitude, you lack no good thing. But aim to begin making time daily to pray to God, meditate on God's word, and read his word. Aim to do that. It will be a true blessing in your life once you begin and you remain consistent in doing that. And not only just reading his word, where you just got, okay, I did it for 10 minutes. No, read it, 
Ask the Holy Spirit. Ask God, Lord, what are you trying to show me? Teach me what you're saying. Help me to think about your word all day long. And then after you read a principle or a key aspect, pray on it and then start to live that out. Do what God's word says. Because it's one thing just to read it and just say, oh, I read it. Let me go ahead and just check this off my little checklist. Okay, now that you read it, now it's time to aim to do what God's word says. It's because when you do what God's word says, then you're starting to show, you know, I am determined to follow what Jesus is telling me to do. Even when it's going contrary to what I've done before and what other people are doing. So we just don't want to read the word and then just, okay, we're done. But we want to start actively living the way the Lord wants us to live. Now, of course, we're not going to be perfect. But our aim is to be imitators of Jesus Christ. So the more you do that, the more you increase your time with God, the more you develop into a strong individual physically and spiritually. And then you strengthen your relational bond with Jesus Christ. Okay? Thanks for tuning in. Visit drkenitrabryant.com to download the Determined to Follow Jesus devotional. On the site, you can order inspirational apparel, and you have the option to connect with me on Instagram at Aim Towards the Target. And another way to connect with me is on the YouVersion Bible app, where you can subscribe and complete a variety of Bible plans individually or collectively with your friends, your co-workers, and family. Remain encouraged and determined to follow Jesus in every area and aspect of your life. Enjoy your day. Peace and God bless.